Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another episode of Your Thick Bookworm, where I talk about love, life, world events, uh, maybe, and of course, books from all genres. Listen to this podcast on your commute to and from work, even on a long family boring road trip. You never know. But let me tell you about this podcast. This podcast was created with the application called Anchor.fm, a product of Spotify. This is an amazing platform of creating your very own podcast from anywhere in the world you can record just on your smartphone. You can even have your podcast reach listeners on multiple applications, such as Spotify, of course, Google Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, and even Apple Podcasts. So just like me, let that podcast bug bite you and create and inspire others. Let's get started. Good morning, sunshine. Hello, everyone. So let me tell you what's been going on for about a week and a half. I haven't put out an episode in a timely fashion, so this may come to a shock to everybody, but I had coronavirus. That's right, COVID, the Rona, the, oh my God, why isn't this a beer? It's actually not a beer. It's a virus. Oh my God, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, the Rona, you know, whatever. Nobody ever wants to get sick. And if you do, you're a little weird, kind of like it, but you're a little weird. So honestly, it sucked. Whoever had it before me, who's ever had it, experienced it, it's ridiculous. I don't understand how a virus can attack the body so bad. One, you lose, you know, taste. Uh, Two, you lose smell. Three, you got the shits. And four, you can't keep anything down in your stomach. You either throw up, you get nauseous, you feel headache all the time. You got all these crazy symptoms. Fever, oh my God, don't even get me started on how weak you are. I mean, at one point, it took me like 10 minutes just to put on a bra. Like, I couldn't even do it. I could not even do it. It was weird. So, it's horrible when you can't smell. Like, I think I took like three or four showers in like two days Every day. No, that doesn't sound right. No, let me say that again because that sounds a little weird. Like I only took two showers in three days. That doesn't sound right at all. Okay, so no, I have taken three showers. No, was it three or was it two or three? Hmm. Okay, so I have taken like three showers every day for four days. That works. That sounds better because I couldn't smell. I could not smell. So I would be washing my hair, washing my body with this, like, Bath and Body Works glorious body wash, and I could not smell it. I couldn't smell it. You know that sensation when you get out of the shower and you feel all nice and clean and you could smell your glorious hair with shampoo and conditioner? Yeah, no. I couldn't smell anything. Couldn't couldn't smell anything. I knew I was wet. I knew that I basically just got out of the shower, but I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm clean. Thank God I don't live with anybody because I was like deathly afraid that I smelt. 
You know, like if you go to the restroom and you blow it up, you can't smell nothing. You cannot smell nothing. And I'm a candle freak. I love candles. Hey, if you want to get me a gift at all, birthday gift, you know, hey, get well. Candles. Candles are my thing, you guys. That and like chocolate. No, wait, no. Not chocolate. Well, yeah, chocolate too. Brownies. Let me tell you how bad I've had a craving for a brownie the entire week and a half. Okay, I'm still in like quarantine lockdown, which sucks. Don't even get me started on that. I'll tell you an experience about that later. So, I love you, friends. All of my friends are amazing. They check up on me, they text me, they see how I'm doing. Don't even get me started on what my mom is. My mom calls me and sends me like these memes every day. She sends me like these Pinterest little pictures, email, Instagram. Oh God, she doesn't have my Facebook. Uh, she has my text messages, obviously. Every like two or three hours, she'll send me something. And I love you to death. I love my mother to death. But mom, thank God I finally told her, I'll text you if something's going on. Or, you know, I'll text you every morning. How about that? That way she doesn't have to, like, bombard me with, like, or spam me with, like, a bunch of little cute pictures. Which, by the way, are very cute. This one time she sent me a meme. This It was, like, a good morning meme. And it was cats. Now, if you know me, I don't like cats. I cannot stand them. I have fear of them. A little bit, but don't tell those little buggers that because then they'll get like all power trippy. So cats freak me out because I always have this dream that I'm going to be sleeping in somebody's house, visiting a friend, and then they have cats, which I cannot stand. And they're going to like, the cat's going to like jump on my bed while I'm sleeping. And all of a sudden just like scratch the hell out of my face when I'm sleeping. I'm like, what the heck? Frankie Cougar just jumped in my bed and started attacking me. That's how bad I don't like cats. Plus, I have, like, a bad allergy to them. And now I have asthma. Thank you, coronavirus. I guess, you know, I'm dependent on my inhaler now at least once a day. Not a week. It used to be, like, once every, like, few weeks I'll need, like, an inhaler. Puff, whatever. But now I need it, like, every single day. And it sucks. It truly sucks. So, let's go back to I love my dear friends for texting me. You guys are amazing. Every single one of you guys, I love you to death. Um, I love it when you're, like, offering to say, hey, tell me if you need something. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I'm in bed. My charger is in the living room. Can somebody please go get me my charger? Because I'm too stinking weak to get it. Okay, that's the type of friend I need, but I don't live with anybody, so it's like, you know. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. I love you. Oh, how about this? How about this? I've been craving a freaking brownie. We're going to go to the brownie again. I can't taste brownie. I can't smell when it's cooking. I don't have brownie mix because I'm trying to stay away from milk. Wait, do you add milk in brownies? An egg? Yeah, egg, yeah. Okay, so egg. I'm trying to stay away from dairy because then you have, like, this congestion with the coronavirus. And it's like you constantly have to spit up. That's another ugly symptom of coronavirus. You're constantly coughing, spitting up, 
mucusy stuff, which is disgusting. But yeah, yeah, that's the virus for you guys. So please be careful, everybody. Mask up. I know the governor said that we didn't have to wear masks. I get it. But if you're fully vaccinated, but how do you know the person next to you is fully vaccinated? You don't know. They could just be walking around with the virus, you know, coughing in veggies and stuff, which is disgusting. Please wash your vegetables. Um, like, you can just, you don't know. You honestly don't know if someone is COVID positive because they'd be walking around with no symptoms. Because I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, you can walk around with no symptoms until, you know, I was reading up on it this week. And my initial, like, feeling sick was like, hey, I think I'm having a sore throat. Let me go to the urgent care. Maybe it's strep throat because I get it all the time. And the doctor was like, I kid you not doctor was like oh no you're negative for strep throat you're good here's some antibiotics and here's some Aleve or not Aleve I'm sorry ibuprofen and go ahead go about your day and I was like okay I guess it's not strep he's like no we'll just take you off work for like two days okay great you know what I think I'm gonna go back and get the coronavirus test just to be safe you never know right guys freaking come back with COVID positive that doctor didn't even test me for COVID she just said, oh, no, you don't have strep throat. Here's some antibiotics. There you go. Goodbye. Bob's your uncle. Bye-bye. Choosh. Really? Turns out, no, I don't get two days off. No, I get freaking two weeks off. And I'm so bored. You know how many books you can read if you actually read? You know how many TV episodes you can watch? I'm so bored, you guys. I have cabin fever, really bad cabin fever. So let me tell you what happened. So this was like three nights ago, roughly. I was getting cabin fever and I was like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I need to blow this joint. I need to blow this hell hole because if I see these walls again for another X amount of hours, minutes, whatever, I'm going to lose my shit. So this is what I did. Hence why the 10-minute brawl putting on was hard. So I come into my bedroom. I get dressed. I put on pants. And then I put on a bra. Obviously, I put clothes on, whatever, whatever. And then I'm like, all right, I'm blowing this hellhole. I'm blowing this hellhole. So I grab the trash from, like, the kitchen because, you know, you have to throw out your garbage and the bathroom. This is at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Roughly 10 o'clock at night where it's quiet in my neighborhood, there's nobody around, you know, I live in an apartment, so, you know, I'm all excited, because there's nobody around, everybody's quiet, and then I run down the stairs, not really run, because girl, big girl, no, I don't, we don't run, we don't run, anyway, so I'm like hasting, I guess you can say, to the trash can, and I get all excited, I'm ready to get outside, I smell the fresh air, it's a nice, cool summer, Obviously, it's humidity because it's SoCal, whatever. So I walk my little happy ass to the trash can, throw the trash can or the trash in the trash can, bucket, whatever, garbage, pills, whatever they want to call them. And I immediately get lightheaded and dizzy, like full on dizzy. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Thank God my car is like 
two parking spots away. And I unlock my car. I sit in my car. It takes my heifer ass three, no, 30 minutes roughly, not three. Takes my heifer butt 30 minutes to relax, to stop head spinning and lightheadedness, and get back into my apartment. 30 minutes. That is scary and dangerous. I guess I got too excited, like, whoa, too much air, too much air, too much fresh air. And I was like, too soon, too soon, too soon. Thank God I had my phone. Did I have my phone? Yes, I did. And my coworker was like, you can't leave the house. You can't leave the house. You're contagious. I love her to death. She's amazing. Her name is T. I'm going to call her T for short because, you know, people are private. We don't want to say anybody's name out in public. So T. I call T. I text T. And she's like, no, what are you doing? Are you okay? And then I'm like, I'm sitting in my car. I'm a little dizzy still. No worries, right? And she's like, it's okay. Just sit in the car and make car noises like you're driving. Broom, broom. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. I had a coughing fit. That was funny. And then again, that's why it took me another 30 minutes to stop what I was doing and actually get my butt back into the house. I was so weak, you guys. It was bad. It was bad. Oh, FYI, I want a brownie, chocolatey with chips in it, brownie. So that's my experience with the Rona, Corona, the virus. I wish it was a beer instead of just a virus. However, you guys, I'm begging you, do not let your guard down when it comes to people and being safe and you know, not contact, contracting coronavirus. I thought I was untouchable because, you know, 2019, 2020, the very beginning, I went to New York, I came back, and I was sick, deathly sick. And obviously, I think it was the coronavirus. However, I got over that. And then March 2020 happened, and everybody was like, oh, my God, the virus. The whole world went on lockdown, right? So my whole thing is I thought I was untouchable, immune, I guess you can say, because I already had it. I'm not going to get it again. Oh, lo and behold, 2021 freaking got the virus. So please don't let your guard down. Don't think that you can't get it because you could get it. This is something serious. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have died because of underlying conditions and whatever. You all know the statistics. You guys all know what it is. And whether you th- you think you're untouchable because you're vaccinated, half vaccinated, fully vaccinated, whatever, wear your masks because you're not just protecting yourself. You're protecting your kids, your family. You know, your mom, your dad, your elderly grandparents, you know, you're protecting the person next to you that's pregnant. You're protecting the little child that's there at the grocery store that doesn't have a mask because, you know, they're children. They're not going to wear a mask. You know, just be careful out there. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm considering the vaccine, the vaccine, vax, vac, whatever. I can't even talk. I can't even talk. Let's go to the main reason why this podcast is a podcast. 
Hello, your thick bookworm here. That's me. Oh yeah, I'm alive. Woohoo! Colonel's not gonna get me. Well, technically it did, but whatever. We're moving past that. We're moving past that. So let me explain why we're here today. We are here to discuss a book that I read, and we're gonna start off with a quote. The quote is. Books are a uniquely portable magic by Stephen King. Yes, yes they are. I love books. Books are portable world into something that's not your reality. I love books, right? So very good, Stephen King. Very good. I like it. There's a little clap for you, buddy boy. All right. So the book that we read is titled Healed by the Dragon. Now it is the third book or the third installment of the Stonefire Dragon series by Jesse Donovan. So this book has to do with the story of Arabella McLeod. Yes, I said it with an accent. Arabella McLeod is sister to the characters in the very first book. The very first book um, has to do with her brother Tristan and his mate. Um, so great. So in the first book of Stonefire Dragon series, you get a taste about Arabella. Arabella is the main character of this book called Healed by the Dragon, book three. So Arabella was tortured by dragon hunters like 12 years prior to this book three. Um, ever since then, she was tortured. Her clan, her dragon clan, coddled her and they tiptoed around her mostly because her older brother Tristan was very you know protective of her obviously what whether you know she just experiences traumatic experience and they're babying her and so she hides away for over 10 years and she seriously is just in her own little house in her own little world no one bothers her. She isolates herself because she's so scared and she's so, she was so young. She was only 17 years old when she was tortured and cap captured and tortured by these group of men that don't love dragons very much. And not only did she get captured, but her mother as well. Both her and her mother experienced something very traumatic and her mother ended up dying in the during during her being captured and her mother saved her life now let's this story is about arabella and how she found her mate so let's go back and talk about how what exactly did arabella experience so arabella experienced capture at a young age 17 years of age and the whole point of these men capturing these dragons is to hurt them and to kill them all and to eradicate of them almost like a genocide, I guess you can say, of the dragons. Um, dragon shapeshifters, I guess. So they usually would capture a young dragon and keep it in prison and locked up in drugs so they can't shapeshift until they're of age and their blood becomes valuable. So Arabella is thinking in her head, this is what's going to happen to her. Her mother is here, and they're going to, like, hurt her, and they're going to keep her for her blood. 
But in actuality, these men tie Arabella up. They beat her. They beat their mother in front of each other. And Arabella thinks she's going to get raped. Obviously, thank God in the book, it doesn't say she got raped. So what really is traumatic, though, is that they were beating her. And one of the dragon hunters puts kerosene, kerosene oil, gasoline on her body. And he's torturing her with basically a lighter. And he ends up actually lighting her up on fire. And half of her chest gets burned. Her face gets burned, her neck, her arm, um, half of her body basically gets burned. And while it's burning, the mother, Arabella's mother, while she's burning, somehow escapes her captors and rolls her body on top of Arabella and basically puts out the fire. So the dragon hunters, obviously being upset and angry that this happened, they grab Arabella's mother and kill her in front of Arabella. And thankfully, they were actually outside near a water. And while they were fighting, I guess, with Arabella's mother, um, and Arabella had lost consciousness because of the fire, she had thrown her daughter into the water, into the river, and she obviously flowed down the river. But while she was telling her daughters, you better stay awake, stay awake, threw her in the water, and Arabella looks back and sees her mother being killed. So that is basically the whole story. It's very, very traumatic, very, very sad, and it makes you want to fight and fight for Arabella and let her have this great happy story, her story, with the guy named Finn Stewart. And he's very like a Scottish brogue type of guy, very, you know, charming, goofy, funny, um, you know, somebody that is, you wouldn't think that would be good for her, but is actually really good for her. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't coddle her. He actually makes her believe in herself that she is a strong woman and she can do anything. Arabella is a strong woman, very, very smart, very tech savvy because she's isolated herself for so long and she basically learned to be smart. And she always had aspirations of being the clan leader in her clan, but because of the whole incident that happened with her, she hid away. She hid away. But then you know, Finn Stewart came along in the last book, um, the last, the second book, actually, and was really buddy-buddy with Bram. Bram is um, Arabella's clan leader. And so that's how Finn comes into the story, because Finn and Bram are both clan leaders of two separate clans, but they are merging together and allying themselves against the dragon hunters, against the dragon knights of that thing. So the dragon shifters themselves are a person. But say, let's give this an example. They're Jiminy Cricket. 
their little Jiminy Cricket inside of them is their dragon themselves. So their dragon has a whole nother personality. It's a whole nother being, I guess you can say, that they shift into. We're talking about like different thoughts, opinions, priorities, an entire different being in them makes you think they're kind of like crazy because they have dual split personalities, but that's what it is. Um, so Arabella's dragon for the last 10 plus years was dormant and silent because Arabella was so afraid to let her dragon be a person or be a thing because she was a, she was so afraid to shift into the dragon. So she was afraid of the dragon even talking to her in her mind, giving her that little advice, you know, that Jiminy Cricket on her shoulder. She locked her dragon away, pretended it wasn't even there. That's how bad Arabella's trauma was. Over the last two, three books, you actually start to see Arabella trust her dragon a little bit and talk to her dragon. And I love the way it slowly develops where the dragon is saying, don't worry, Arabella, I'm here with you. I am you. I will protect you. Trust yourself. And it's a really interesting thing because even during in the male dragon men, hunter, shifters, not hunters, dragon shifters, the male ones, they're so dominant and focused on we need to protect, we need to protect. And they are more focused and like, oh, my mate, or oh, my mate, my woman, whatever. And that's how they are. They're very, very like, I need to sleep with my mate. I don't know if that sounded like a little vampire, but they're Scottish, I guess, broke, brog. Um, so that's how they are. That's how the dragon shifters are. Now, there is a part, or should I say, there's this certain part of the book that Finn, Arabella has a suspicion that Finn is her mate. And Finn already knew he was, she was her mate since the book one or book two. They already knew. He already knew because, you know, I guess men know everything, right? Uh, (coughs) Bullshit. (coughs) I'm sorry. Um, So Finn knew Arabella was his mate and Arabella had a suspicion. So with the two clan leaders, Bran and Finn, they, they made an alliance where the dragons can actually basically go between the two clans. And the first test run was Arabella. Arabella agreed to go to Finn's clan and basically immerse herself in the clan and try different things. So while Arabella went to Finn's clan, Finn's clan was already having issues with Finn being the clan leader. Obviously, there's older dragons and other dragons think that I would be a better clan leader than Finn. So Arabella McLeod goes into this environment where they're having issues already as or challenging Finn as the clan leader. So then they start, they start basically messing with Arabella. Now, in the last book, Arabella also went on the air in public stating why the dragon hunters were so bad because they tortured her and killed her mother. So the dragon knights and the dragon hunters made an alliance as well. 
and they need to, and they want to attack all dragon clans. So, this is where the little thing, I'm going to read you the snippet of what exactly happened. Now, Arabella and Finn clearly are mates, and he kind of puts like a little flower on her lapel, and it's an old Scottish way of saying, this is my patrol, or this is my woman. Um, it's basically like he peed on her, and yeah, yeah, I said it. And he marks her, and he puts a little flower on her, which is not really as far as peeing on someone, but yeah. So it's called a heather, and she's wearing it, unbeknownst to her, that he's basically claiming her, and he's marking her in front of the clan. So she's walking around with this thing called Heather on her clothes, and she has no idea, unbeknownst to her, that he's marking her. And so he takes her to have dinner with his family, his aunt and his cousins, his two twin male cousins and a female cousin. And so basically he wants to mark her, making sure that his male cousins don't mess with her. Like, this is mine. Nobody, like, try to date her or anything because this is my woman. This is my mate, basically. So they figure out that they're each other's mates and they are in the mating frenzy, which basically lasts two a week to two weeks. <laughs> Coronavirus. No, I'm just joking. Um, and they have to, they mate. They mate. They don't have to, obviously, but they do. They, well, actually, they do have to if it's a mating frenzy, but neither here nor there. So they mate, and in order for the mating frenzy to stop, they have to basically impregnate Arabella, or he ha Finn has to basically impregnate Arabella, and that's when the mating frenzy stops. And until he feels that his entire seed or like his scent is implanted in her wow this is weird no but i love it so anyways <clears throat> so that they're in this mating frenzy we got dragon shifter people that are against finn as being the clan leader we got dragon hunters dragon knights trying to attack the clan so we have all this stuff going on and in between all that arabella's just trying to find herself and except that Finn is her mate. So I'm going to read you this, um, this little paragraph about what is happening. And it's quite, quite entertaining when you actually listen to it in the book. Okay, so I'm going to read you this little paragraph. Now, Arabella finally finds out about that little Heather that she was pinned to her lapel or her sweater or whatever she was wearing at that time. Um, she finally figures out that the Heather is like a marking that she's being claimed and she hates it. She's very strong, independent woman thinking like, how dare you claim me without me even knowing, you know, what, what's going on. And so this is, mind you, that she just figured this out and she hates it. She hates the Heather. And it sounds like a, sounds like another woman's name. So whatever. So let me read you this paragraph. Finn places his finger under Arabella's chin and stares straight into her slitted pupils. Now when they have, side note, when they have slitted pupils, that's when they are in their dragon mindset. 
And when they have the regular eye pupils, round ones, that's when they're in their human mindset. So let me read this again. Finn places his finger under Arabella's chin and stares straight into her slitted pupils and said, You are one of the strongest dragon shifters I know, Arabella McLeod. I need you to remain in control of your dragon for a little while longer because I need your help. You're not about to let me down, are you, Heather? Her pupils turned round as she narrowed her eyes, and he knew his last was slowly gaining control. At a time like this, you're going to call me Heather? Yes. I don't have time to argue. Just listen and imagine the most complex maze of twists and turns, numerous of dead ends, then stuff your dragon in the middle. I've never done that. And I don't have time to learn. All I can think about is ripping off your clothes and trying not to break your penis. (gasps) You want me to stuff my dragon into a mental maze, resist this mating frenzy, and call my brother to ask for reinforcements? I can barely have this conversation with you. I crave an orgasm more than breathing right now. Okay, so that's the end of the paragraph. Wow. Hello. Let's go over all of this. One, he, she hates the word. She hates being called Heather. Two, she's trying to control her dragon from busting out and ripping off his clothes and breaking his penis, which is amazing. Whoever, the writer of this book, um, Donovan, hilarious. Like, she's going through this frenzy. They're being attacked by the dragon hunters and the dragon knights. They have this mating frenzy, this, like, heat-flushing body thing going on between both of them. And then they have this dragon that's in their mind saying, no, break out. I need to mate with him. I need to mate with him. I need to be pregnant. And they got all this stuff going on. And he's all over here making her upset, calling her Heather. And she can't even breathe because all she craves is him. That's some powerful powerful chemistry mating frenzy whatever you want to call it that's intense so basically this book has erotic features or experts or passageways chapters in this book because of the mating frenzy and that's the whole point um but can you imagine can you imagine being so hot and bothered that you can't even think because all you want is just that orgasm from the, your man, from your mate. That's amazing. That's an powerful thing. I don't like that he has that much control over me or of the woman, of you. But it's almost like your body and your mind aren't working. They're not sinking. And it's powerful. And it's like, you got to like really have some strong will to just control that stuff, you know, control it, reel reel it in, reel that shit in because you do not need, you know, all hell breaking loose and people trying to bust into the clan and kill you while you're over here trying to like get some. And it's like, no, that's not good. That is not good. So basically needless to say, they finally mate. She gets pregnant. The mating frenzy ends 
And the dragon hunters basically get what's coming to them, you know? And there's also more books. There are, my God, I think at one point there's like 11 books of the series, which we're not going to go through because I'm getting tired of the whole dragon shifter thing. I need to read something else. I need to read something that's more human, more real. So you'll see um, later on what other books I'm going to read. I really want to start reading something that has to do with like, God, let me think, real life people and actual, you know, experiences that people have in the world. So if you have a recommendation of a book, uh, please uh, message me. You can message me here on anchor.fm or you can send me a link or you can message me through my Instagram post or Instagram, uh, your thick bookworm. So definitely, definitely just give me suggestions. If you guys want to hear my opinions and thoughts about a certain book, let me know and I'll check it out, read it and get back to you on my next podcast. Please let me know, you know, send me a message. All right, so this uh, actually concludes my little episode three. It's a long time coming because I was sick, you know, and I want to wish one of my good, good friends a little happy birthday. Today's her birthday. I didn't get to go to the party because of me being sick. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. More to come. Stay tuned. All right, so that concludes our Stonefire series by Jesse Onovan. I'm going to stop reading the Dragon series for a while. Um, That was book three, Healed by the Dragon, with Arabella as the main character and Finn Stewart. So I just want to go back and review our quote for this episode. Books are a uniquely portable magic by Stephen King. Yes, Books portray or propel us into an alternate reality, which is far from our own, obviously. Um, We don't fantasy. We don't, you know, we don't shift into dragons. (laughs) We don't have the mating frenzy. Sometimes, maybe. We don't know. Uh, But, yeah, that concludes our episode for today, everybody. So, fall into a book. Bye-bye. Don't forget to follow my Instagram page, Thick Bookworm. You can message me. You can slide into my DMs, kind of like that GIF. And you can see the pictures and the covers of all the books that I'm reading. Once again, Thick Bookworm on Instagram. Go ahead and message me and like and follow. Thank you.